Hi, this is Pastor Daniel Bracken. You're listening to Kings Alaska podcast. I hope the word encourages you and you get a touch from God that brings transformation and equips you to experience life with people, power, and purpose. Thank you for joining us. Enjoy the word. Genesis 45, let's look at verse four through verse 15. Then Joseph said to his brothers, come close to me. And when they had done so, he said, I'm your brother Joseph, the one you sold into Egypt. And now do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. For two years now, there's been famine in the land. And for the next five years, there will not be plowing and reaping. But God sent me ahead of you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So then it was not you who sent me here, but God. He made me father to Pharaoh, Lord of his entire household and ruler of all Egypt. Now hurry back to me. Hurry back to my father and say to him, this is what your son Joseph says. God has made me Lord of all Egypt. Come down to me. Don't delay. You shall live in the region of Goshen and be near me, you, your children and grandchildren, your flocks and herds, and all you have. I will provide for you there because five years of famine are still to come. Otherwise, you and your household and all who belong to you will become desolate. You can see for yourselves, and so can my brother Benjamin, that it is really I who am speaking to you. Tell my father about all the honor accorded me in Egypt and about everything you've seen, and bring my father down here quickly. Then he threw his arms around his brother Benjamin and wept. And Benjamin embraced him weeping, and he kissed all his brothers and wept over them. Afterwards, his brothers talked with him. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this great congregation. I thank you for what you're doing right here in Alaska. Lord, I'm thankful for the leadership you have raised up here, and I thank you for all those who serve and those who are hungry for you, that they would be in this service today. I'm asking for an anointing to come on me. Come on, people, pray in the Holy Ghost. Spirit of the living God, come upon me with great power that I might communicate your word, that that which you want to say will be said. I pray, Lord, that you would cause there to be a flow of your power on every person in this auditorium and those who are watching by streaming. Give us ears to hear, a heart to respond, and eyes to see. And Lord, when it's all said and done, we'll give you all the praise. And we thank you for the privilege you've given us to break open your word today. Change us by it, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. If anyone had the excuse to be angry, self-serving, and rotten to the core, it would be Joseph. Think about it. Think about what he went through. He was raised in a dysfunctional family. His mother died. His half-brothers hated him and wanted to kill him. He was sold into slavery by them. He was put into prison unjustly. It would seem that he would be a hopeless case never to be heard from again. No one would have ever known his name. Yeah. 
Who was this man who, in spite of all that he went through, ended up becoming the premier of Egypt, the savior of his family, one who gives hope to all of us today? Think about it. Joseph, the son of Jacob. There are people in this room today who've gone through little compared to what Joseph went through, and yet they're attached to their past, never knowing what God could do through them if they but understood what God did for Joseph. You see, I'm here to tell you that God's desire for you is to be victorious in every area of life. I get angry when people view God as one who's not able to intervene on their behalf. And even in the midst of their problems, God's able to turn things for good. You know that. I want to talk today on the subject Joseph, the model of the victorious. Did you know that Joseph is mentioned in the Hall of Fame of Faith? When you read Hebrews chapter 11, you'll notice he's mentioned there. He's seen as one who is victorious in spite of all the things that happened to him. In fact, if you take a look at the book of Genesis, you'll notice that Joseph's story takes up chapters 37 through 50. Are you aware that his story is given as much space or even more than Abraham, the father of faith? You go, what in the world is this all about? I believe it's because Joseph is a type of Christ in the Old Testament. You see, he was used by God to save his family, but he was a precursor to one who would come who would save the entire world from their sin and from death. How did his life of victory begin? That's very fascinating to me because when you stop and look at it, there in Genesis 37, you'll notice that his life of being victorious began with two dreams. You'll notice the first dream was They were binding sheaves of grain when Joseph's sheaf arose and stood upright and the sheaves of his brothers bowed down to him. And then he had another dream. And this is in verse nine of that same chapter 37 where now it's the sun and the moon and the 11 stars are bowing down to him. Now, when you think about this, you go, now, wait a minute, pastor. Didn't it, wasn't as his dreams got him in trouble? I mean, didn't, isn't that what made the brothers so angry they wanted to kill him? I mean, why would somebody say those things? Why didn't he just keep it to himself? Some have even suggested he was naive or proud. But Joseph realized something something we don't realize. He realized that the dreams were from God. And knowing that, he realized that in order for God to be glorified, he needed to make those dreams known. 
Did you know that God speaks? He puts desires in our heart. He gives us dreams and visions. It may be through a prophetic word. I'll never forget in one of our prophetic conferences at the most difficult time in our church when finances, I mean, it was rough, so rough that my wife and I had to keep the church open by putting the expenses of the church on our credit cards. I mean, it was bad. And when you have a ministry this large, it was a lot of money. And I paid all the interest on those credit cards. In the midst of all of that, a prophet says, money will become the least of your concerns. I go, right. Last year, we began to pray for a million and a half dollars to come in every month. And by the end of last year, a million and a half dollars had come in in spite of COVID. So this year, we began to pray for $2 million a month. And every single month this year, we got one more month to go. $2 million a month came in. Money is becoming the least of our concerns. Of course, we got to get this building built first. <laughs> the 23 million is a concern. But a word, a dream, a vision is the beginning of your miracle. Please don't take it lightly. It was the starting point of Joseph being victorious. It was the starting point of, of my life when back in 1980, God spoke to me to go to a little church on Maui after I'd been invited to be a pastor of a great church in California and to pastor my father's church, who's today in the Philippines is over 60,000 people. But God led me to a little church, but you know what he gave me? He gave me a vision. He gave me a vision of what he could do on that little island. And today now 17 nations are being impacted. 20 states are being impacted by what God has done there. And I was with your pastor driving from the airport and he began to share his vision with me. And I said, oh, watch out now because he's been given a vision for this state and for you to be used by God powerfully. It's no light thing. Joseph knew that and he declared it. You see, God was not only giving him a dream, but he was putting in his heart a gift. As a means of ways, God would speak to Joseph, but not only speak to him. He would become the premier dream interpreter of all of Egypt. And he would be elevated to prominence by this incredible gift. Can you imagine what would have happened if he'd gotten those dreams and he never shared it? What will happen to you when God gives you a gift and you don't use it? I'm just asking. You think it's no big deal. It's a big deal. Right. 
the hotel where I'm staying, there's paintings on the wall. And I've never seen paintings like that in such detail. My wife and I stood in front of those paintings and we went, whoa. Every, every little hair on the bear, every hair is done. The, the, the stones are, I, I said, this must have taken months or years. What a gift. The tragedy would be, what if that artist never used his gift? I would never be standing there amazed at the gifts God could give to people. But not only did his life begin with two God-given dreams, but God's timing is always perfect. Turn to your neighbor and say, God's timing is always perfect. I've often wondered, I thought, it seems strange that they take a prisoner out of prison and make him the premier of Egypt. But if you understood the history behind it, it makes sense. You see, Joseph was a Semite. That is, he was, a, he was labeled as a part of a group of people. He was of the tribe of Abraham. But he was a Semite that had commonality with other Semite groups. And it just so happened that when Joseph was sold and went to Egypt as a slave, it was the Semites who were ruling Egypt. It was called the Hyksos period between 1720 B.C. to 1570 B.C., a period of about 150 years. And it was at that time that Joseph was there. And as a Semite, there was a trust factor that would allow Pharaoh to elevate him. Now, here's what's interesting. It says there would come a time, and you read it in the text, where it says that there was a favor Pharaoh that knew not Joseph. What happened? Well, the Hyksos were overrun and a new Pharaoh came on the scene and all of the Semites became slaves and they knew not Joseph. But it was the perfect time. People have asked me, how in the world did your church on Maui grow from 100 people to 1,000 in a year and a half? It was the timing of the Lord. Way before I went there, God was already at work. I just happened to be a spark that had already been nurtured by gasoline. And that's what's happening right here. I said, that's what's happening right here. Don't get frustrated when things don't work out the way you want it. You say, well, it's horrible. What if God just allowed your plan to come forth? You want horror? That's horror. Could it be God has a better plan? And sometimes it takes a little time to put the pieces together. Think about it for Joseph. He had to get into prison with a cupbearer and a baker who had dreams for him to interpret it before he could ever get before Pharaoh. Think about that. You see, so oftentimes we fail to realize 
the greatness of God who can work in the details of our life and can bring us to just the right moment, the right timing for what he has for us. But the key to David's life, now think about this. God knew that there was going to be a famine and he knew that he had to get Joseph into a position of influence in order for that famine to not destroy Israel. And so that's why he gave that dream to Pharaoh, and that's why he put Joseph there before him. The ways of God are beyond comprehension. I mean, you know that here. I mean, you know that here. Way back, was it 20-something years ago now, there was a man in my church who said, God's put a burden on my heart for Wasilla. And I was living on Maui at the time. You know the story. I didn't have a vision beyond Hawaii. And so he's going to Alaska. And I said, well, why don't you go? Go ahead and start church. I'll help you, but just go start church. It'll be your church. So he comes. I came up here for a week of meetings. I saw an 18-acre piece of property. And when I left, I said, I said to him, I said, Ken, I said, look, uh, if you ever get a chance, try to buy that property. I left. A year later, I get a call from him. He said, you know, I'm not supposed to be the pastor of this church. You are. I said, excuse me. I live on Maui. That's Alaska. I said, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll pray. So I began to pray. And here's what I said to God. I said, God, if you want me to pastor Alaska, I want that 18 acres. Did you know God allowed me to buy that 18 acres on an agreement of sale from a very precious family here in Alaska? There was a house on it, moved the pastor into the house. There was a barn, turned the barn into the church, and we were operating. Time went by, and God spoke to me, said, now sell that property. There was a contractor who wanted it. So they paid $3 million for it. Use the money to buy this building. Moved you over here. And God spoke to me to send Pastor Daniel here. And the rest is history. Except the church was growing so fast. A few years ago, I said to Pastor Daniel, I said, Pastor Daniel, you got to expand the church. You've got to, you, hello, you know, you, you're going to get to the point of what's called social theological strangulation. That means people don't come anymore because they can't find a parking place or find a seat like now. So he began to look. I said, what about that property on the hill that we sold? He called on it and said, oh, no, it's, they're selling it for $4 million. I said, oh, I don't want to spend that. So I, but it wouldn't go away. Finally, one day, as you know the story, Pastor Daniel's told it, I'm sure, many times. His son, Danny, 11 years old, said, Daddy, we got to go see that property Pastor Morocco's been talking about. Did you know God can use children? And he wouldn't shut up. That's true. Pastor Daniel finally figured, well, to shut him up, I better go to that property. When he gets on that property, he walks into that barn and the spirit of God hits him speaks to him. His life has changed. Our lives have all been changed. And God gave him a word that he would give him back that property. And so he calls on it. 
had been foreclosed on. He calls me and says, they're selling it for a million dollars. I said, well, buy it today. And we bought it. Sold it for three million, got it back for a million. That, you see, Jesus is Jewish. You know that, don't you? He knows how to give you a good deal. That's why I like the Jewish people. They're wonderful. They know how to get a good deal. It's, it's amazing. And so on a hill that overlooks this whole valley, there's a great church. Who would have dreamed it? Who would have dreamed it? Who would have dreamed it but God? He knows what's ahead. He yearns for all of Alaska to be saved. And just as he yearned for Israel to survive during the famine, he yearns for the people of Alaska and people of the world because this church will go way beyond Alaska. It will be another Maui. It will touch the nations. It will touch the states. And you get to be a part of it. That's beyond comprehension. I look at my staff. People ask me, how many people do you have on your staff? I have no clue. I just know how much the payroll is. But God's got people throughout KC that are rising up and taking their place to expand God's kingdom. Oh, what a plan. Oh, what a wonderful working of the Spirit of God. But what was the key? What was the key to his life, Joseph's life? Yes, yes, yes. Yes, the timing of the Lord was incredible. He wanted to save Israelites from famine. But the key to Joseph's life and the reason he was victorious is because of one thing. You know what it was? The Lord was with him. Everybody say it with me. The Lord was with him. When you look at chapter 39 and verse 2 and verse 3 and verse 21 and 23, everything he had, the favor, the wisdom, the blessing of God, and even the blessing of God on the people he worked with was because the Lord was with him. Now, let me ask you a question. Is the Lord with you? Well, you say, I hope so. I prayed with Pastor Daniel when he asked us to pray. Well, that's the beginning. But do you know you can abort the presence of God? Did you know you can start out walking with the Lord and then get on a detour? I, can, I can't tell you how many thousands of people have come to the Lord in Maui that no longer serve the Lord. So what were the things that was a part of his life that kept him in that place of the Lord walking with him? The place of favor. Well, the first thing, and I want you to write these down. The first was Joseph was faithful to God. He did not commit sexual sin. You read about it in chapter 39, verse 9. 
He comes as a slave to Potiphar's house. God gives him great success. And Potiphar's wife enjoys just looking at Joseph because he was a handsome man. And so she decided she was going to seduce him. And one of the interesting things to me was what Joseph said when she tried to seduce him. Now, here's the tragedy of our culture. We think something's free. There's nothing free. Even salvation isn't free. It costs Jesus his life. We get this thing in our head. Oh, wow, if I can express my lust, yay. Nobody will know. Go give me a break. Every demon in hell will know. They'll plague you till they kill you. And here's what Joseph said. Now listen to this. How could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? How can I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? Think about it. His first thought was not his own feelings or passion. His first thought is, I can't afford to sin against my God. We don't even think that way. We watch things on the internet. We go to movies we probably shouldn't be there at. We flirt with evil, see how close we can get and still serve the Lord. Stop it already. How can I do such a thing against my God? You see, he was faithful to the Lord. Secondly, Joseph stayed humble and gave all the glory to God. You read chapter 41. And here's the thing you have to understand. When you're very successful in something, it's easy to become proud and arrogant. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm important to God. You wonder how ministers and pastors fail? It's because they think they can get away with something because they're so quote-unquote anointed. You don't get away with nothing. You know why? Because God is a holy God. And one of the ways you stay holy, as Joseph was, is you stay humble and you give all the glory to God. Listen to what he says in Genesis 41, 15 through 16. I've heard it said, now this is Pharaoh talking. He said, I've heard it said to you that when you hear a dream, you can interpret it. You know what Joseph said to Pharaoh? I cannot do it. But God will give Pharaoh the answer he desires. All glory goes to God. I was sick with COVID for about three weeks. I watched our services on YouTube. And I remember one day as I was watching, I realized everything I do could be taken away from me in a moment. In one moment. Everything I have has been a gift from God. Every breath you breathe is a gift. Every heartbeat is a gift. Everything you have, whatever wealth you have is a gift. Whatever talent you have is a gift. How are you using it? And for whose glory are you using it for? You say, Pastor, you're... 
you're really getting down today. Yeah, I'm here for one day, then I leave. And I turn it over to Pastor Daniel, and he can, he can scream at you. I only got one day to scream at you. He stayed humble. However God blesses you, give him glory. I said, give him glory. Thirdly, Joseph served with all his heart. He never held back serving. Even as a slave, he served. Even when he was in prison, he served. I get angry when people come to church and don't realize their importance to God in serving. Can you, please hear me, hear me, please hear me. Your pastor is running out of time. So what are you talking? Is he going to die? No. He'll die eventually. 120. 120, thanks. I think the Lord spoke to me as to when I will die. And I have a certain amount of time. But in the next few months, in the timing of the Lord, you'll be entering a building and there will be hundreds of people that will show up that you've never seen before. Now, here's the problem. He's got to raise up a team of people that are serving. He needs hundreds of life groups. He needs hundreds of ushers and greeters and and music people and media people. And it goes on, security people. It goes on and on and on. And if you're not ready for the opening of those doors, you will miss the harvest. And it's because you did not rise up to serve. I can't do that. Did you know there'll be hundreds of children? Hundreds. There'll be hundreds of youth. They're all crazy. There'll be hundreds of crazy youth. And you need to be as crazy as them. Are you hearing me? You're running out of time. Now's the time to start to find a place to serve. You should harangue your pastors. Call them on the phone, middle of the night. I want to serve. He served. But fourthly, he forgave. And he expressed his love for his brothers in spite of what they did. He cried with them, hugged them, loved them. Oh, man, that's hard to do. But you hold on to the hurt. You're not hurting them. You're hurting yourself. It's time to forgive. Fifth, he saw God's plan and all that happened. He says there in chapter 45, verses 7 and 8, but God sent me ahead of you to preserve for you a remnant on earth to save you, save your lives by a great deliverer. So it was not you who sent me here, but God. Good 
I'm glad God sent me to Maui. I'm glad he expanded my vision to include Alaska. I'm glad he's doing what he's doing. I see his plan. I was going to be a professor on the college campus. I went to USC, got a master's degree in ancient history on my way to a PhD. I was going to wear a checkered jacket. All professors wore a checkered jacket in USC. I finished my master's, and God said, I didn't call you to be a professor. I called you to be a pastor. So I ended up going to Fuller Theological Seminary, one of the leading seminaries in the nation. Got another master's degree in doctorate. You say, what was that about? And then he sends me to an island where you don't need a doctorate. You don't need a master's. You don't even need a BA. You don't need anything. All you need to be is anointed. Somebody say hallelujah. They just sit on my wall now. Those certificates cost me thousands. There they are. (laughs) Saw his plan. Oh, I'm glad. I'm glad for his plan. Much greater than mine. All I would have had out of the deal was a checkered jacket. (laughs) But the final thing that you'll notice he did. And I emphasize this because you need to realize something. He honored his father. In fact, he continued to honor his father even after he was dead by fulfilling his concern, burying him with his fathers. He took him, took his body back to Canaan. And he honored his father by treating his brothers right. Everybody stop for a moment. You say, why did that get thrown in? Because I'm talking about the key to Joseph's life. God was with him. You do not want to allow the dishonoring of people God calls you to honor to keep you from having God walk with you. And you say, well, why would God even put that in his Ten Commandments? Honor your father and mother. It's because he's a generational God. You dishonor your parents, guess who's going to dishonor you? You reap what you sow. Are you hearing me? I'm concerned about something. I want God to be walking with you. Because when he's walking with you, you have victory after victory after victory. Even when all hell breaks out. You wait a little bit. Because right around the corner is victory. That's the God I serve. So God's speaking to us today as we close this message. So what's God saying? I'll tell you what he's saying. Don't allow the problems you're going through to abort God's plan for your life. Change your focus. Instead of constantly focus, he did me wrong. Did you know if you watch movies today, most all the movies are about vengeance? Getting even? Stupid stuff. God said, vengeance is mine, I will repay. You put that in his hand and you go on, change your focus from your past and focus now on God's kingdom. The key to my life is one verse. 
Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. God gave me that when I was in college, and everything I've done has been to do that. You change your focus. Secondly, seek God for his plan. He's got the right timing. Seek for it. Did you know when you do the will of God, the will of God is more than just what to do. It's when to do it and how to do it. You can get the what and get all messed up. He said, when's the building going to be done? Who knows? Took us 10 years on Maui. You're only at six. You're doing good. You say, well, why the delay? Oh, you got to understand something. The devil is extremely nervous about you. You don't want to miss tonight's service because I'm going to expose the devil and what he does and how you can have victory over him. You don't want to miss it. It was a word God gave me after COVID. You seek him for his timing. You live your life in such a way that he walks with you. You be holy. You stay humble. You serve gladly. You forgive and express your love. Oh, my, 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 my. You honor and give honor to whom honor is due. I have to say this. I honor my pastors and ministers. I've got the greatest staff on the planet. I love them. I honor them. You better do the same or I'm going to slap you silly. You understand that? And if I don't slap you, God will. These are men and women of God. We have, a, we, have a, we have a culture in this church. Yes. It's a culture of honor. Yep. And I'm thankful, very thankful, that you honor your pastors and ministers. Because when you honor others, God will see to it that you're honored. Honor your politicians even if you didn't vote for them. I get tired so much of all the rancor. I know that there are certain politicians that I wish weren't doing what they're doing. But I wasn't called on to scream and holler and degrade them. I was called to pray for them. And I do. Every day. You know how I pray for our nation? I pray that God will raise up Daniels and Nehemiahs and Esthers to influence our nation even at this time. I give honor. You treat everybody with honor. Don't ever look at somebody by the clothes they wear.
you honor people. And finally, recognize that God has a plan for your life and he's fulfilling it and rejoice at every juncture. Even when it's 20 below zero in Alaska. And he takes a guy from Maui and brings him to Anchorage or Wasilla when it's 15 to 20 below. Now that makes not a lick of sense. But he brought me here for you. Well, I hope you were encouraged by God's word. Thank you again for listening to King's Alaska podcast. God bless you. For more great content, go to kcalaska.com and may God's face shine upon you and give you peace.